Well, immersive experiences are becoming more and more common in our culture. I mean, we have 3D movies, so that takes it a step beyond, like, you know, just seeing it on a screen. I remember the first time that our family experienced a 4D experience. That was at, uh, at Hershey Chocolate World, not Hershey Park, but Hershey Chocolate World, where they have this ride, and they give you a piece of chocolate at the end. It's really cool. And uh, they had this 4D experience, and so it was a 3D movie, but what made it 4D was that they were, like, blowing air on you at different points during the thing. I mean, there were things that you felt. They, like, sprinkled water on you. I don't remember when that came. But what I do remember about that was that there was a, a spider that was like a 3D spider on screen and somehow like it was shooting a web or something and so like silly string came out over the audience. That may have something to do with why one of our kids is deathly afraid of spiders shall remain unnamed. But immersive experiences leave a, a lasting impression on us and so I think that's one of the reasons why Jesus asks us, he, he established some rituals for us to do that are really immersive experiences. Communion is one example. So if you've ever participated in communion, it's not just something that you watch, it's something that you engage in. And it engages our senses, not, not just vision, not just hearing, but our taste, our touch, our, our um, uh, what's the other one? So smell, yeah, that's it. So it engages all of our senses. It's, a, it's an immersive experience. And that's because Jesus wants us to remember things. I mean, he said, whenever you do this, whenever you take communion, it, it is in remembrance of me. So those immersive experiences help us to remember. Another very significant ritual that we have in our, our faith journey is baptism. And so if you'll pardon the pun, baptism is maybe the ultimate immersive experience. There, there are, you know, churches do it, it different ways. But uh, for, for us, like some, some churches will sprinkle uh, some church. My church that I grew up in, we did it three times forward. Uh, that was the Church of the Brethren. And uh, it's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So I've been baptized probably more than, than most of you. But, but I like the way we, we practice it here at Grace Point in many, many churches. We, we go backwards because it demonstrates a dependence. You're, you're putting all of your faith in that person who is holding you up and bringing you back to life. It's a picture. We're going to talk about what baptism means very briefly here this morning. And then we're going to get to, to witness of baptism. So if you would take a Bible and turn to Romans chapter 6. We're going to look at a, a few verses here. Uh, we're in this series that we've, we've called Dangerous Grace, and we've been talking about and celebrating the 500th anniversary of the Reformation. And so what we're going to do this morning is uh, we're going to look at Scripture about baptism, and then I want you to hear an insight from Martin Luther regarding baptism that I think speaks to, to all of us who have ever experienced baptism. First, the scripture, Romans 6, 3, and 4, describes the significance of baptism. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. So baptism is this picture and really an experience of 
dying and being raised to life. So baptism is more than just a cleansing. So cleansing is significant, and we sang about that earlier, that what can wash away my sin, nothing but the blood of Jesus can wash away my sin. Being cleansed is significant, but being baptized goes a a step beyond that, and it says that we die to our old self, and then we are raised to life. We are resurrected to new life. If you were here last week, we we heard from Ephesians chapter 2 that says we are dead in our trespasses and sins. Our state is much worse than we often think it is. We're, we're not just good people that do some bad things. We're, we're dead in our sins and we need someone to resurrect us. And the good news that we see portrayed in baptism is that as Jesus died and was raised to life, we can share in that experience with him. We can identify with him. So baptism is... is given to us to make an impression on three groups of people. First of all, the person who is coming to be baptized. So it's, it's going to leave a lasting impression. Klaus uh, is going to be baptized here in just a, a few moments. And it goes beyond, baptism goes beyond a mental ascent and even a, a heart change. I mean, those are the heart of our salvation. And, and please understand that, that we believe in baptism. There's nothing magic about this water, and there's nothing saving even about the act of baptism. The salvation comes through faith alone in Christ alone. So baptism is a picture of that, and it helps cement it. It takes a spiritual truth that is a little bit sometimes kind of out here, it's a little ethereal, and it anchors it to a physical experience. And so that's what baptism does. It seals it into our memory. So it does that for the person being baptized. The second group of people that baptism impacts is those who have not yet trusted Christ. Those who have not yet believed. So so we can see if if we don't believe. That may be some of you here this morning. Maybe some of you are here seeking and searching. You're not sure you buy into all of this Jesus stuff, but you're here this morning maybe to learn, maybe to glean a little bit. And what baptism does, it gives us a picture of what happens on the inside of us where we leave our old life behind. We die to our old life. That's what Romans 6 is saying. We are buried with him by baptism into death. In order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead, we too might walk in newness of life. So if you are here this morning and you look at your life up to now and you think, I've made a royal mess of this. I I wish I could start over. That's what baptism pictures. It, It is possible to start over, to die to what has been, and to be raised to new life. And if there's anyone here who hasn't made that decision, today is, is your day. And if, if, if you haven't been baptized yet, we'll, we'll fill this tank up again next week. Okay, We'll do it every Sunday. We, we want to celebrate new life. And that's what baptism pictures. The third group would be the rest of us. The third group that baptism impacts is those who have been baptized. So... Uh, what happens in baptism is we drive a stake in the ground and we say, I'm, I'm now being identified with Christ from this point forward. That doesn't mean, though, 
that our life is perfect from that point on. Maybe news to some of you, or maybe some of you were disappointed because you thought that was going to happen when you became baptized. Maybe you thought, I'm, I'm just going to walk with Jesus now, and I'm just going to do everything he wants me to do. I'm not going to struggle with anything. We, we continue to struggle and need to die to sin. And so baptism gives us a stake in the ground to look back to. Whatever mode of baptism you may have gone through, whether it's sprinkling or maybe it was when you were a child and you don't even remember it, you can know that I was baptized into new life and look back to that moment with my trust in Christ and, and say, you know what? I've made a decision and there's a marker in the ground. I'm, I'm no longer that old person and so I don't have to do the old things that I have been enslaved to. So a couple of quotes from Martin Luther that kind of underscore this. He says, Baptism is the single great act of grace in the Christian's life that provides secure knowledge of God's grace in the present. So it's a, it's a one-time event that has a lasting impact on us. And then he goes on to say this, the Christian's baptism is something to constantly bring to mind. Baptism means I am a Christian. My identity has changed, and therefore the devil cannot have me. So when temptations come to us, we can look back to that event, and we can look to this event that's happening today for Klaus. Klaus will be able to look to this and say, you know what, I'm, I'm being tempted. I'm still subject to the same weaknesses, but I'm no longer enslaved by those. I've begun a new life. So we're going to celebrate now. Uh, if Chuck and Klaus, if you want to come. And uh, we are going to get to hear his story. Well, good morning to all. It's great to see so many of you out today. And this is Klaus. And Klaus, uh, you have a whole group of friends up here in the front, and that's really exciting too. I guess it's his cheering section, Mm -hmm. but um, this is a a very, very special day for Klaus. You've been coming uh, about three or four months now? Uh, Just about. Just about that? And so it's great to have him here, and he wants to get involved, but uh, we've been talking quite a bit. So I have a couple questions for you. First of all, Klaus, uh, do you like us here at Grace Point? (laughs) I do. You do? Okay. That's an an important thing. He likes us. But more serious. Have you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? I have. You have. Well, I'm going to give you an opportunity. Uh, I think Steve said 30 minutes, Steve. <laughs> yeah. So just, and don't touch the mic, but you give a chance to share with the audience. Well, hello, everybody. Uh, about uh, two and a half years ago, um, I experienced an event in my life uh, that I found to be uh, pretty traumatic uh, for me uh, to experience. Um, and I realized that, you know, that's just God's way of uh, telling me, hey, you know, I want you to come follow me. I want you to learn more about my grace and my love for you. Uh, and that is ultimately uh, why I've decided to uh, become baptized today. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. absolutely. Just bring you over here and turn you around here a little bit. This is, this is the hard part for everybody. They're always concerned that I'm going to drop them. <laughs> so just bring up your hands here. Klaus, because of your profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. Well, because this is a special day, 
And we want to take time to just thank the Lord and just uh, come to him right now and just thank him for Klaus and for Grace Point and for all that he's doing here at Grace Point. Let's pray together. Lord God, thank you for Klaus. Lord, what a young gentleman who has so much to offer us and has a heart for others. And Lord, today, as he's taken this step of faith to demonstrate not to be saved, but to demonstrate that he has saved and he's put his faith and trust in you. Lord, we're so thankful for this. We're so thankful for Grace Point. And Lord, I know as we're here today, there are those of you today that are struggling with issues of life. And the only answer to that is to come to the Lord Jesus Christ and to allow him to guide and direct your life. Lord, we just thank you for all that you're doing here. And Lord, I know there are people here today that are new to Grace Point. I would just ask that you would bless them, let them feel welcomed, let us enjoy one another. And again, Lord, I pray for Klaus that he now will move forward and get involved here at Grace Point. We love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, continuing uh, our theme this morning of, of life change and life stories, I uh, wanted you to hear one more here from a young man named Britt Arnold. Britt uh, has come up several times in the last year after the service and uh, has asked for prayer and shared little snippets of his story, and which is, by the way, is just super encouraging for our prayer team and for me as you come up. It turns what we do here on Sunday morning from a monologue into a dialogue when you come up and start sharing what, what God is doing in your life. So, so Britt has shared that a couple of times and then more recently we had some time to, to talk more in depth. And so I wanted you to hear uh, some of his story here this morning because it was encouraging to me and I thought you would be encouraged as well. So about a year ago or so, you had kind of a significant event in your life that spurred some change for you. Can you tell us about that? Absolutely, Dave. Good morning, everybody. Um, actually, I'm going to take you back uh, to 2015. And uh, before I even go any further, 2015 was my baptism. I don't think Klaus is back yet, but Klaus, brother... You have no idea that after your baptism, the work that God is going to do in your life. Is he in there right now? Mm -hmm. Go Klaus. All right. Good, good timing. Must have heard me talking about it. Give him a hand, guys. I'll say it again to you, Klaus. You have no idea the work that the Lord is about to do in your life, the journey he's about to take you on. God bless, man. Uh, 2015, some of you guys may remember, um, back in May, I was the one that was actually in here. And at the time, uh, I made a speech as well, David, talked about how, Lord, it's, it's your control wherever you want to lead me. And that's a scary statement to make because we like to be in control of our own lives. So um, back then in 2015, after I got baptized, the Lord, shortly afterwards in about December, really blessed me with a great young lady that I met um, in December, shortly afterwards. And this was the first, I'm going to say, um, Christian relationship that I've been in uh, in the past their, their faith did not matter to me. That was one of the biggest changes that God made in me after my baptism. And um, it was great. Uh, we really uh, talked every day about God and prayed together, read scripture together. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say it as well. We took a vow to stay pure on day one. And I'm happy to say we did that for the full, full year that I knew her, which was great. So things were going well. You guys were getting along, so you thought, and then something happened. Yeah, um, I'll just tell it how it is. Uh, Friday night, we normally got together, and the Friday night I didn't um, hear from her, so I gave her a call, picked up the phone, and I think she was at the mall getting her hair done or something like that, and um, I said, hey, you know, what's, what's going on for tonight? What's the plan? She goes, well, actually, I, I want to talk to you about something first. I said, yeah, what's going on? She said, I need to break up with you. What? Excuse me? Like, it, it, it came out of nowhere. 
So you were blindsided. You did not see that coming. Completely. You everything was going, going well. So, so she gave you that news, and then, but that wasn't the end of that interchange. Well, after she did it, of course, my natural instinct is I asked her the million-dollar question any guy would, right? Why? Right? What, what did I do? And the most frustrating part is that she did not give me a reason. She just says, I, I can't talk about it. can't talk about it. Uh, a few days later, um, and I'm so blessed that one of her friends encouraged her to do this, she wrote me a very long letter um, that outlined exactly why she decided to break up with me. Um, it was written in a very loving way, but quite honestly, she just brought up a lot of things that um, I was unaware of, mainly the fact of how selfish I was in the relationship. But how many times did I ask you to, to pick me up and you said, no, you know, I'm, you're too far away from me. I'll just meet you someplace. How many times did you buy all these video games and just spend all your money on this and never took me out to a really nice restaurant? How many times have I asked you to just be with me, to stand by my side? And, and I didn't. Hmm. Dave, I'll, I'll be honest with you. She was absolutely right. It was her selfishness. I'm sure my selfishness, excuse me. And so that, that letter kind of cut to the core here, but so you've probably gone, you've had breakups before because you talked about other, other girlfriends and, and typically you would have a pattern of how you would respond when someone broke up with you, but this one was different. You know, and, and again, I, I can't explain to you why it was so different for, I can't articulate this clearly, uh, it, it's, it's the Holy Spirit's leading. Yes, I actually reacted totally different this time than I did before. Uh, in the past, my reaction would be, you know what, this girl doesn't know what she's missing out on. I'm going to go, I'm going to go hop on, I'm being honest, I'm going to go hop online to the latest, greatest uh, dating website, find somebody else, and we'll move on in my life. But call it the Holy Spirit's nudging. That's not what happened. Um, I took the words that she said to heart, and I reflected upon that. And you know what? She was right. She was right. I was being selfish. But I'll take it a step further, Dave. There were some things that she didn't write about that the Holy Spirit weighed on my mind as well. Things that were character flaws of mine that went unchecked for years. Things like this anger, just impatience. And gentlemen, I'm going to call it for what it is. Church doesn't talk about this subject, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. Lust. Lust. I was unchecked for years, but I thought to myself, you know what? It's time for a change. It's time for a change. So I love the fact that you, you took a circumstance that was very difficult for you and allowed the Lord to do something positive. You had a, a quote here from Mark Batterson that I think speaks to that. Do you want to share that with us? Yeah. Um, this was uh, given me by Joyce, a fantastic quote. What if uh, those circumstances you were asking God to change are the very circumstances God is using to change you? Kind of flips the perspective around a little bit, right? And so what, what did that look like? What, what did... What changed for you in your life? Oh, what didn't change for me? Um, I only have a limited time to speak, uh, but there are just so many things. So I'll just kind of summarize. Um, again, I'll use the word nudge. I can't clearly articulate why I did these things I've done, but um, I decided that besides my full-time job and the full-time teacher, I would continue to work. But afterwards, I would just allow God to do a work in my heart. So what that meant is, um, after school was done, I immediately went to my, my secret spot that nobody knows about in the middle of the forest, kind of like how Jesus went up in the mountains to, to pray to the Father. I built a stone cairn over there. Uh, you can see the dead tree in the background. That dead tree represented all the sin, 
all the past nonsense in my life that God had wanted to do a work on. And I went out there and just, just prayed for hours and just talked to God. And, and there was just so much more, Dave. Um, I, there was this awesome website. I highly recommend it to anybody out there uh, called DesiringGod.org. John Piper. God continued over and over again to bring me articles after articles after articles about the things. I got a few of them right here. Yeah, I didn't want to. That's actually one of two books. Uh, But that is just all research I've done. I'm talking about real topics. I'm talking about things I just mentioned, lust. I'm talking about impatience, what it means for a man to lead, that I believe God is calling us men to lead in the family, just all those kind of different things. Dave, my friends thought it was crazy. I got rid of my video game systems. I'm a lifelong video game guy. I sold my television. This picture right here is Christmas of last year. Between the fireplace and a Christmas tree, something is missing. My beautiful 65-inch 4K TV. I sold it because I wanted to just spend my time with the Lord. And so you shared a verse that was very significant from Philippians 3 that kind of helped focus you in this season. You want to share that? Yeah, I'll give the, the audience a chance just to read the slide, and then I'll go to the next one. The, um, the part that really struck me was the blue part over here, and it kind of summarized, I thought, where God was taking me. I uh, had a lot of past junk in my life, and um, I... It's tough giving up control because, quite honestly, I used to be in control. I could control hopping on a dating website, but when you let God have full control, it's a little scary, and at times was unsettling and unnerving because I didn't know where it was going, but I was willing to let God dictate my, my future and you know, what lies ahead. I don't know if Craig uh, Stranahan is out in the audience to call you out, Craig, but um, he got baptized last year. He actually read this particular verse, mm-hmm. and when he did that, um, I knew how to introduce myself to this man. So you went into this time that was, that was pretty intense. You, you're praying, you're spending time with God, no TV. I mean, it kind of sounds like a, you became a monk or something like that. I mean, <laughs> just, so is that still going on or I mean, how long was that? I mean, what, what happened from there? Yeah, I'm, I'm still getting ragged on to this day. My friends, by the way, that are non-believers, they don't understand. No, it's, um, so it was for a set period of time. I've never heard this term before. One of the earliest articles that God led me to was about consecrating yourself to God consecration. And that's exactly what I did. It's pretty much putting everything else on hold and just really allowing time with the Lord that he can speak to you in only the way that he can. So this was um, really for about two months, I would say, from October all the way through December uh, is when this really tough period came by and really spending time with the Lord. But even to today, I've made a lot of changes since then. So about two month period. And along the way, God has been bringing people into your life that you have been able to, to share this story with. Um, again, for the sake of time, I wish I got a chance to just talk about how every day God brought me many miracles. It's amazing. The people, the situations, it is unbelievable. I'll just share real quickly one of the bigger uh, God moments. So if you look at this picture, you see a beautiful sunrise. But what you may not see, because the picture's a little dark, is what's below it. There's a bunch of Hummers, Humvees, military vehicles. I've been in the military service for 23 years, the Army National Guard. This picture was taken, and um, David's pretty crazy I'm saying this, almost a year to the date, last year, um, we had something called the Governor's Review. We had the report in the middle of a big parade field. 
And I was out there at 6.30 in the morning as the sun was coming up, and I took this picture. And again, call it what you will. I've seen many sunrises. We all have. But there was just something about this sunrise, something about this moment that I knew God was going to do something big. can't explain it to you. I can't articulate it. I just knew it. And he did. Um, my immediate supervisor um, in the military, um, I've known him for the past three years, um, I haven't seen him around the last few months of drill. I'm not sure where he's been. Well, he was there that particular day. And after about two or three months of not seeing him, I came up to him and said, hey, joking around, where, where you been? You know, it's military life not for you. And um, I said, you know, hey, how, how are you? How are you doing? And his response to me was, oh, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. So immediately, Dave, I, I kind of thought about the old Brit, that, oh, you're good? Great. Have a good rest of the day. Enjoy the beautiful sunrise, right? But I detected something was, was different. Something was wrong. Disturbance in the force. I went up to him and I said, what's, what's going on? How, how are you really feeling? 55-year-old man starts crying in front of me. So I immediately kind of pulled him outside of the army formation, and I said, hey, what's, what's going on? And he said to me, word for word, I can remember like it was yesterday, it was a year ago, he said, um, it's my wife. She's leaving me after 30 years of marriage. And I don't know what to do. My whole world has come to an end. Crying, tears down his face. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, what is happening right now, God? What is happening, right? So then it continues on. He um, looks at me and he's like, but listen, I, what I don't want from you is for you to feel sorry for me because it wasn't her, it was me. What do you mean? He said, um, I was selfish. I didn't treat her the way that she should have been treated. I didn't make time for her. So the look on some of your faces is the look on my face that day. I was like, what is happening right now? Okay? So this is where it got real interesting real fast. He gathered himself. He said, but you know what, Britt, I'm, I'm going to be okay. He goes, I'm going to preface it with this. I know you're going to find this weird. I know you're going to find this bizarre. Please don't judge me. Now, keep in mind, this is my boss. I don't know him outside of work, so I'm not familiar with his personal life. So he goes to me, what's getting me through this is I've accepted Christ as my Savior. I was stunned. That, Dave, we call a God moment. Mm -hmm. That's calling God showing up big time. And I knew that this wasn't just any random occurrence all the things that went into this, the timing of it, not seeing him for months, not knowing the situation, all this kind of led me to him. And I'm happy to say we just actually talked on the phone last night. We're still friends to this day. We encourage each other. I think both of our relationship with Christ has grown together. But I'm not going to lie to you. I also took it as a warning from God that, you know, Britt, um, if you stay on this path of, of selfishness, this could be you in 30 years or 20 years or 10 years. So... Besides the fact that, you know, God was bringing this man alongside of me, it also, also taught me a whole bunch more lessons. So you've had an opportunity, really, to share with, with your friend what God's been doing in your life to help encourage him. And I know you've had some thoughts about maybe expanding that and, 
and being able to encourage others. You want to share that? Oh, absolutely, Dave. Um, you know, my, even though this consecration period is over, my life has been changed forever. And I've taken pieces of that and am still to this day um, just spending a lot more time with the Lord. And I realize the more he does that, the more he not so much rewards me, but just shows me he's listening to me every day. Um, one of the things that I've been talking about with you is I've learned um, so much from the information I've gathered, specifically about men and our sinful traps, and I'm going to say it again, lust, selfishness. These are the, the big ones. The fact that we're not leaders as men anymore, spiritual leaders in the family. I've never been married before, but you know what? All this information, good biblical knowledge, scriptures comes to me every day, and I just feel led to um, develop a group that specifically addresses a lot of these deep-rooted men issues that we need to do. So where God takes this, I don't know. But I trust him that if this is his direction, that he'll make it happen in due time. Yeah, and I've, I've appreciated, and, and we're going to continue to pray about that and think through the timeline on that. But uh, I've appreciated your transparency, and I think that's something that we need so much because sometimes we just want to put on the, the face and everything's fine. Yes. Um, and underneath that, it's not fine. And, and I said this you know, a couple weeks ago, we want Grace Point to be a place where it's okay to not be okay. And we want God to, to enter in. We want to invite God to enter into those, those places. So I appreciate how you have done that and you're modeling that for, for us. Um, so to, to kind of sum up, um, you know, this all kind of started uh, with a breakup. Well, it started with your baptism. It started with you uh, re, rededicating yourself to, to following Christ. But then this, the, the breakup really spurred you to change. And one of the things that's been interesting for me in talking to you is that it seems like uh, like, if, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think you've, you've dated since that time, since, since that breakup. So that's been a year, which is probably unusual for you. And it doesn't seem like you're, like, feeling an urgency or a drivenness about that, which is probably different for you. Uh, very, well. very different. As I said in the very beginning, my normal reaction is just to bounce from one relationship to the other. That was my, my whole prerogative. But no, I, I don't want to use that, that God's removed that desire from my heart, maybe put it on hold. But, yeah, there's just things I want to work on right now. And, and again, I'm telling you one quick story. You have no idea the story that when I've actually spent time with the Lord, how he brings me miracles every day. There's people in my life right now that I kind of want to spend time with who are suffering themselves that I can kind of come alongside of and try to help them get through what they're, they're going through and struggling with right now. So, yeah. It, it just seems like, and I, I just, I love this. And this is for any of us in any stage of our life. Uh, in any situation, is to find satisfaction in our relationship with the Lord, and then whatever He gives us is kind of icing on that, yes. on that cake, but not trying to find our satisfaction in another person. Um, you, you had a quote that uh, that you yes. wanted to close with. Absolutely. Uh, let's put that up on the screen. The, uh, the, my, the gentleman I'm talking about, the story I shared, actually introduced me to Charles Stanley, um, who, wow, if you never heard Charles Stanley speak. Such a passionate man of God. This is a uh, quote. I'm going to read this one word for word because I think this summarizes pretty much my entire message today. Uh, being a disciple of Christ requires that we be actively engaged. Key words, actively engaged in our relationship with him and service to others. Each one of us must make a very important choice. Will we follow Jesus or just coast along doing what we want? If we limit our Christianity to merely sitting in a pew on Sunday mornings, we'll miss out on the greatest adventure of our lifetime. And Dave, just to summarize, this has been a journey. Hmm. 
Um, I'm not going to say that it has been easy. There's been times where I've cried. There's been times I've mourned my loss. But at the end of the day, I know God loves me. I know he's directing me someplace out of this. I don't know what the future holds, but I trust him. Mm, that's great. Thank you for your challenge to us this morning. As we close, would you, would you pray? I would love to. Thank you for asking me, Dave. Father, thank you so much for allowing me to share your story. And let me say this again, Father. It is your story. Father, my struggle involved a broken relationship, but I know there may be so many people out there that are struggling with so many different things. We talk about them all the time, financial issues, sickness issues. But, you know, Father, one thing I want to address as well, how about the issue of their relationship with you? Father, can each one of us... We'll be satisfied with where we're at with you. That alone is a struggle. I just want to encourage everybody out there listening right now that if you obey God, he will send you the most exciting journey in the world. It doesn't mean you're going to get what you want necessarily, but he always has your best interest in heart. Father, I, just, I thank you for Grace Point. I thank you for, for Dave, a man of God himself, preaching great word. He's taught me so much, Father. Even a couple weeks ago with his um, messages on off-center as a reminder of my journey. Father, I know that I am not better nor healed, that this is a lifelong journey to work on my selfishness, work on lust, work on different things. But Father, I know with you in the helm that we, I will be the best person that you can make me be in this, in this life and forever in heaven. Mm. Father, thank you again in your precious name. Mm. Amen. Mm. Amen. Thank, thank you so much, Britt. Would you guys stand? Uh, with us, and I uh, just want to dismiss us with the verse that we started with here that Britt shared from Philippians chapter 3, because this kind of captures uh, life change, and that's what we've been talking about this morning. One thing, this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. May you experience his life change this morning. Britt is going to be up here and our prayer team will be up here uh, afterwards if you would like to come and, and we'd love the opportunity to pray with you. Um, have a great week following Jesus and we will see you next Sunday.